Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Sam here. I just finished editing this episode, and even though we wanted to sort of stay on track with uh, a topic and discussion that would be normally in line uh, with what we talk about on this podcast, of course, uh, we, we veered many times to a discussion about what was happening in the nation, in the world, and uh, I think this is a, a fantastic time to draw attention to the issue. Um, and, you know, I think we, we made our points very clear, but I know a lot of different podcasts and people that have social media presence and, and things like this are, they're taking very different tact as to how, tacts as to how they're approaching um, all, of, all of this. And one of the most common things I've seen is, of course, donations, which uh, are, are generally needed and, and generally very helpful. And one of the organizations I would uh, personally like to promote out there is the Big Brothers and uh, Big Sisters program. If you're not familiar with it, it's a uh, program that matches older adults uh, who are volunteering to a younger child who typically comes from a uh, single parent household, uh, like I did. Big Brothers Big Sisters operates um, all over the country, and they had a huge presence uh, where I grew up. And uh, being that my mom was a single parent, it uh, matched me with an adult man in my life that uh, really became uh, a strong, positive force and really enabled um, so much in my life that that kind of made me who I am today. And but they but they are they have a heavy heavy presence in inner cities and in places where there's you know a need for this kind of thing. Big Brothers Big Sisters um, also does this quite a lot to uh, mentor children and and kind of foster a, a, a really positive structure. My um, ask and recommendation is to take a look at Big Brothers Big Sisters or uh, you know do your own research and uh, donate wherever you see appropriate. But I just wanted to plug them, and we are not going to. Uh, pretend to be uh, experts in this field. Uh, being in the Baltimore and D.C. areas, I think Nathan and I do have a bit more firsthand exposure to uh, thing, events that are that unfold, especially coming from a background of being more in the press area of photography. Uh, however, he and I, you know, certainly don't know a lot. We don't, we don't even know what we don't know. So I just wanted to make that clear before we jump into the podcast. Hope everybody's staying safe and thanks for your attention. Hi, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Hi. I apologize if, if my mic is a little echoier, a little roomier than usual. I am downtown getting work done. Oh, that's in cool. In False Point, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. You won't, uh, you won't hear anything negative from my end. Well, uh, you know, I, you said something just before we started recording, something relating to uh, religion. and I said, my I, Lord I, in heaven. Yes, yes. Um, I walked into my house here, and, you know, they do mail urban city style where they just shove it through the, the slot in your door. And so I yep. usually am not here that often. And I arrive home to just an explosion of mail <laughs> everywhere on the floor. But one letter caught my eye because it was self-addressed. It's like, nobody knows our address here. This is weird. And it was addressed to Nessa, no less, who's very private about everything she does on the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up being somebody, I guess, found maybe through real estate transactions or whatever, but found Nessa's name and her address and wrote a handwritten, some woman named Mrs. Something Jordan, a handwritten full page letter about uh, the state of things. And how men- mental health and stress can be, uh, you know, addressed by God and, and religion and, he- and included a pamphlet to their, their church. But, okay. it, but it was, imp- you know, so it was the equivalent of like, you know, you're sitting on the side of the street. This happens all the time in DC. You're sitting yep. there just like eating or chilling and people walk up to you and try and give you church promotional pamphlets and yep. whatnot. So this, this woman is apparently writing letters 
handwritten full-page letters to everyone uh, citing Bible verses and trying to win them over. I thought that was quite extreme. It's baller status right there. Yeah. That's next level. Um, You know, I I don't think we should, uh, you and I kind of agreed lightly that maybe we should just talk about um, what we normally would in this podcast. We're not a political podcast. We're not experts. uh, But we would be remiss to not at least point out the fact that you and I have been to a, a couple of um, observational protests in D.C. Yep. And, and, you know, I'm doing my best to take all uh, take it all in and, and voice my support when and where I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a crazy time right now, and I hope everybody is is safe. And, and don't – I posted this on my stories the other day, but don't forget we are in the middle of a pandemic. Like, yeah, you got to be careful out there COVID if you're going to protest. just doesn't care about so. your emotions. I realize this takes priority over staying home and being quarantined. Like, get out there. But my God – wear a mask and don't touch other people Yeah, <laughs> if you can avoid it. Like I, I just see all this hand holding and hugging and, and like m- what is happening is uh, very scary. I mean, all the numbers have continued to trend in a really fantastic direction, at least for Maryland where we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, I'm very concerned about in two weeks, like all these people getting sick. <laughs> like uh, It's just really, really stressful. And you know, we need, we need people to, to keep the momentum. And, uh, I'm really glad to see now through, through all the upfront chaos that's been occurring the, the past week, week and a half or two, uh, uh, some rallying behind like actual bullet point lists of, yep. I suppose you could call them demands, but, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're demands, they're, 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 deman- they're yeah. uh, revisions, they're, they're, um, yeah, yes. they're, they're reformations, they're, they're, they're additional layers of completely reasonable, oh my God, how are these not already a thing, yeah. rules to, uh, better, more safely police yeah. uh, everyone, the people, us, the people. And I, I freaking am very happy to see that that is gaining steam. I believe the, uh, the website is eight something now let me check it let me check it yeah i think um you know the it's it's fairly clear to see you know in a general sense what the people that are protesting are are protesting they just they want they want a justice they want justice for those who have been killed in police custody or by police and they want to completely uh reform the um police system in america and yeah, uh, I think that that, I mean, if you've seen the, the, the George Floyd video, um, it's pretty shocking. I saw it, you know, this is just, the problem is, is that it's not, this is not a one-off incident. It's happening, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. And it's in the age of the internet in the age of, uh, Twitter and the age of everybody having phones and having, you know, video they're getting broadcasted and, and cops are not being able to hide anymore from when they do yeah. this stuff. hundred percent. Here's the thing, uh, again, we, obviously this could spiral into a full long podcast yeah. about <laughs> all of these topics. And, and again, neither of us are experts nope. and, and, and neither is like 95% of people talking about these kinds of issues, sure. which is why I'm really hesitant to wade into these waters. But I will say, at least from what I've observed in, in Baltimore, I've been thoroughly impressed. And if you go to eight, can't wait, dot org where you can uh, read through in detail the eight uh, sort of policies that police departments can enact to uh, lower uh, decreased police violence by they estimate 72 percent you can actually type in your specific city and see how many of those things are already enacted by your particular region or your city mm-hmm. baltimore um, already does all but one 
of these things. Right. And, and I think that can be, you know, possibly a consideration as to why Baltimore uh, protests have been incredibly peaceful and huge, but no, no rioting, no looting. Well, uh, there's another reason any. for that. And that was because in 2015, we had right. an in- insane Actually, it wasn't riot. that insane. I, so here's the thing. I, I've always been uncomfortable with people talking about the Freddie Gray riots because it I literally lived in downtown Baltimore when it occurred. And it wasn't actually that crazy. I, I, I remember the crackdown with was crazy. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was National Guard in really quick and they, they, they got control of the situation mm-hmm. quickly. But I, I don't, I think it was literally like one CVS and a couple of storefronts, but an entire CVS was looted, which kind of flooded the streets with a lot of, um, problematic drugs yeah, and such. Mm-hmm. But the overall, um, situation of the city was not, I literally saw not one additional cop in my day to day roaming around Baltimore. And I didn't just stick to the white L. I, mm-hmm. I was, exploring the city and seeing what was up and it wasn't nearly as bad as was publicized but i think one of the possible benefits of it being so negatively publicized on you know the mainstream media and national national news stations and all this was they did reform the police yeah, i don't know exactly how this checklist well, lines up yes. before and after they but did the police, sort yeah, of reform the police were were much more they get they brought in a new commissioner who worked out of new orleans who uh, did a, a great job uh, I haven't heard much about New Orleans either in this whole situation. New Orleans seems to be doing fairly well. And uh, anyway, what I, I just wanted to run through the, the list here. So Baltimore right now, they do all of these. They ban chokeholds and strangleholds. They require de-escalation, which you mm-hmm. can click in to read more about like, the specifics of that. They require warning before shooting. Thank you. How is that not a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Requires that's... exhausting other means before shooting. That's great. Duty to intervene. So I assume that has to do with the three other officers that watched this guy kill George. Like they, one of them should have intervened. And if they didn't, they're held accountable. Exactly. So it's, that's to, that's yeah. another officer saying that it's a, it's a policy that says another officer has a duty to intervene if somebody else... For instance, in this, in George Floyd's case, you you should have a duty to that stupid cop that was standing there blocking everyone had a duty to turn around and say, get your damn foot off that guy's neck. Exactly. Uh, in fact, I did see a video going viral where a cop, there were two cops um, you know, on, on top of a guy trying to handcuff him and one had his neck or his knee directly on the guy's back of the neck and the guy handcuffing him uh, from behind reached out and lifted his leg up, his knee up and mm-hmm. put it on his back. And I wonder how much of that is Dang. accidental versus intentional. Who knows? I don't know the situation, but anyway, um, uh, has use of force continuum continuum. continuum. I, I don't know what that is other than, uh, it's a, it's, I guess a model kind of like a hierarchy of, uh, how things need to be scaled and ramped up. Uh, it limit, starting from yeah it limits the types or uh, types of force and types of weapons that can be used to respond to specific types of resistance so yeah. instead of it's like not pulling a gun when a gun is not required uh, yeah. versus or like and instead pulling out a taser or some mace or whatever um, yeah. instead of just shooting the guy oh okay this guy is 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 coming at me i'm going to mace him and then subdue yeah. him versus I'm going to take out my gun and shoot at him. Yeah. That's the use uh, of force. Then there's, uh, requires a comprehensive reporting. Makes sense. And then it, uh, the only thing we have not done of all of these eight things is, is the last one here. Ban shooting at moving vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we wouldn't have enacted that. Uh, it just seems like such a Baltimore thing. I would also think that that is the least effect. Like 
all, I'm glad to see all the other ones done already mm-hmm. in Baltimore. That's the last one I would be concerned about, honestly. Like all these other ones seem like they would be more relevant to a person to person altercation, right? Yeah. Choke holding, uh, de-escalation. You're not de-escalating a moving vehicle, right? You're not having a conversation with the person, you know, in a moving vehicle. Like if a moving vehicle is involved, there's a lot of other things you need to consider. So that, I'm fine with that being the last to get checked off the list here, uh, from, from everything else. And, and yeah, just check this side out. Eight can't wait. It's nice to have a, hmm. you know, really discreet thing to kind of rally behind, and uh, yeah. hopefully it makes a difference. I'm, I'm curious how they're deriving this 72% uh, decrease in police violence. Wow. So I just went to Nevada, California. None of these are. Yeah. Zero, they have zero of eight enacted. Let's right. check Washington, D.C. I'm looking at Minneapolis, Minnesota right now, which is where George Floyd was killed. Yeah, there is no ban on chokeholds and strangleholds. There's, uh, but you know, they meet four of the eight requirements already and still people of color are, are being, you know, disproportionately killed. I don't know. I mean, I think this is great. Uh, any, any movement is good, but I think I'm just excited because I think this is really the moment that a lot of people have been waiting for in sort of the fringe communities, punk communities, um, like, in people of color communities that this is a moment that I think we've been waiting for. And I've been, I've been thinking that it's kind of funny, you know, this is happening right now. People are asking like, why are these protests happening? And I, I have, I have my, my theory, which is that somebody's asking that I haven't seen. Well, it's, or, why. sorry, not why is it happening? Why is it? Why is it so? Big why is the entire thing. nation doing it i mean Ah. literally the last time i went to a protest in baltimore it was a hundred people this time it was thousands uh just thousands and thousands and it's awesome they're shutting down major i suppose i mean it must i would i would i'm excited to hear your answer but i would say that it, it has to do with the beginning to end unedited high resolution great clear audio of a guy getting murdered yeah <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's that's what it comes freddie gray absolutely had essentially the exact same thing happened to him but it was in a truck behind closed doors yep. so there was so much room to twist the narrative interpret things and, and just nobody knows but there's no denying this mm-hmm. this video yeah and, i 100 percent agree i think that was the catalyst for it is really strong i mean watching the video you've got like five different video angles to possibly watch it from you have the police cam footage but you also have security footage you have footage from like three or four people's cell phones that are watching him and you and if you want if you do watch the entire thing you know there's by the time that he is like completely unconscious under this dude's knee there's like 10 people like yelling at the guy that's uh telling him to get his knee off of the guy and he's just completely ignoring him it's insane it's it, it really is infuriating in the literal sense of the term um but so that that i agree with but in terms of like the numbers that we're seeing of people that are coming out i think it's incredible that this has happened right now because so many people are unemployed a lot of people are receiving unemployment checks and they are able to get out on the streets and protest Mm -hmm. um because they don't have a job and they're pissed off and trump isn't doing anything about any of this so the the just sort of the the general furor and anger uh, is is well he's doing things but i i don't think that 
I mean, it's not They're like the he's opposite been, of helpful, he, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been on mute. Yeah, he's he's out there doing stuff. Right after he hit in the bunker, not he was doing he was anything out. to quell the. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, I just like I've seen many many people say I, I just miss. Regardless, eject from your mind what you think of Trump yep. and his policy. I miss a president who spoke and acted presidential, who made, who could simply, you know, speak in complete sentences. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. Uh, I agree. For me it's in, it's in very it's very it's like, frustrating to remember. I mean, if you think back to um, George W. Bush, and again, you can you know remember whatever you you want to remember about him, and if you remember, a lot of people made fun of him because he his speeches were kind of wacky and sometimes he would like mess up words and say like really silly things and that all looks really cute and coy at this point like president trump uh and and people were really you know a lot of people on the left really hated george w bush and that was like one thing that they really went after was his speeches were terrible well he looks like an amazing eloquent beautiful speech person (laughs) at this point i mean Trump, yeah. like, it, it is really weird to go from, especially to go from Obama, who's a really wonderful speaker, to Trump, yeah. who, who we, does we, not we appear to know there. at any we, point what he's talking about. A complete 180. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just interesting to see. Uh, yeah, we're, unfortunately, again, like, Trump is, appears to be taking the wrong tack of, of like, instead of calling out the injustice of what's going on he's kind of saying well there's lots of looting and rioting and we're going to crush this with national guard and we're going to yeah, has he even said anything form like like clear and and direct about george floyd specifically that case or has he just he been mentioned sort of... he, he mentioned it in one sentence at the very okay. beginning of his crackdown speech he said you know we i am like really you know i, don't I care about what he with... says in his speeches i think his his twitter is is far more like what he oh yeah go ahead but he leverages okay. to to speak and i'm just i just want to see well, I don't know. Uh, so already we've gone like twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. So the, let's the let's hole. let's change gears. Um, Sam, we today we're talking about our a little bit of our workflow and. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking if we ever have, uh, it was years ago where we mm-hmm. kind of outlined. I think you and I are probably using totally new hardware yeah. than the last time we would have discussed this, and I'm curious uh, just to kind of outline sort of our main workhorse and then sort of maybe miscellaneous pieces of computer tech uh, to help us get our work done or for entertainment and then um kind of well let's just start with that we, we don't have to get into software i think i'm, I'm curious so i i'll start i sure. I've, late last year i went for the um imac pro so before that yep. I, for about three years i was using the 5k imac which wasn't didn't have the pro qualifier on there but it was the first monitor large desktop display mm-hmm. screen that had retina uh classification with the density of pixels to qualify for yeah. retina i remember and when you got I that i was like absolutely Ooh. love that yeah i was i was always really hesitant to ever have an iMac i, I was a big fan of like the big mac pros like the, the yeah. stuff that, that you would set on your floor but with that 5k iMac and especially once i swapped out the stand to have a a, a floating stand like a an arm mounted to my mm-hmm. desk stand mm-hmm. i just absolutely fell in love so i and sold that off or actually gave it away to a five-step click winner and bought the imac pro and i just i can i haven't been happier with the computer since i don't know when mm-hmm. um 
that's been the biggest change. I guess also equally large change was around the same time, maybe two, three months later, buying finally a new MacBook Pro. So I pivoted away from the MacBook Adorable, the, right. the really, really small one, which is still an incredible computer. I still have the one that I previously used, but they discontinued it. So they stopped uh, updating the hard drive, the internal hard drive capped at 500 gigabytes, which I'll have you elaborate on in a second, why that's such a big problem. But, uh, you know, eventually I just had to, to move on to something else. And the 13 inch MacBook pro with touch bar, I've been incredibly, so I have the four USB port, uh, or Thunderbolt three port version with touch bar. And I absolutely love this machine and combining it with my iMac pro, it's just an unstoppable perfect setup for computing for me uh why don't you go ahead and just kind of give us the overhead of what you use yeah so i i just i'm i'm a significantly simpler setup i just have a 2017 macbook pro uh it's a 13 now you have the two port version so that was like one of the early ones right that still only had two ports yeah so okay so here's 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 what happened 2017 rolled around and it was like halfway through 2017 they announced some new macbooks i was like i'm gonna grab the macbook i wanted because that was the first overhaul like when they switched away from sd cards and they streamlined the ports to be all usb that was when they first uh, unveiled that body right Right. and they and they came out so they came out the macbook and then they uh, off of that they did the newer macbook pros and so i bought the macbook on yours and another and some other people's recommendations and i i tried it out for 24 hours and i really couldn't I couldn't deal with it. It was too slow. It wasn't, it wasn't performing as my primary computer. And because it had one port, it was not going to happen because I didn't have a main computer. I just had that. And prior to that, I I was running a 2015 or or a 15 inch MacBook pro that was ancient, but still awesome. Cause I kind of Upgraded yeah, that over body the years. design is just unstoppable. It is unstoppable. It's such a great. Yeah. Was, and I still it, it, sincerely yeah. miss the the built-in SD card reader. Like, yeah, I really, really. Yeah. really I know, that. me too. And the, it was a 2011 mm. MacBook. I had had it for literally like five and a half years, and I had upgraded it with a new drive and more RAM. It was it was a workhorse, and and honestly, even somewhat outperforms my current computer now. But so yeah, I got the MacBook. I didn't like it. I realized I needed more than one port anyway. So I returned it and I immediately same day bought the 2013 MacBook Pro uh, from 20 or sorry, the 13 inch 2017 MacBook Pro. And mm-hmm. it had two ports. And I was like, okay, I can deal with this. It's been great. I'm I'm running this podcast off of it right now. I I I have really liked it, but the downsides are that really I didn't realize at the time that there was a four port version that I could have gotten. And really, I don't think you could have. I think that they didn't. Did oh, they not? Did they not? Do you have no, the touch I, bar? I think you, you have. I think you, you have could the have. Bar. I don't have the touch bar. So I think that was the trade off. I, I think, think you have, that was the trade off. You have the MacBook Pro Escape. Uh, which is escape? what it was called because it still has the escape key. It does have the escape key, yes. So, and that was a two port version only. I think the uh, any of the MacBook Pros with Touch Bar always had four ports. Yeah, you know it's funny but how the trivial touch bar was like a four hundred dollar uh, markup compared to yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah, it was not really in the budge. Um, unfortunately, you know it's funny how trivial a thing like a keyboard sounds or like an escape key sounds, but it's. <laughs> It is weird that like Mac that Apple totally screwed the pooch on this um, well, keyboard. Well, I thought they made a fantastic call getting rid of the function keys because that is such a sure. like, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From, no, from, that's not the but, problem. But they the pro- really did. Yeah, they made they really a, did blow a really crappy keyboard design that has failed even on my machine. My E key broke, and yeah. a bunch of other keys are like real sticky and just, it's bad. Like, and then they didn't got rid of the escape key, and everybody was like, yeah. "Why?" So it's nice to see the yeah. like month or two ago when they overhauled a new lineup with a. I guess a couple months back, it was a 16-inch MacBook Pro and now a 13-inch model to to follow. Uh, The touch bar does still exist, but they added an escape key right next to it. Yes, and they changed, I believe they changed the the keys back to their kind of old butterfly design. Yes. So So, I haven't actually touched them or or seen how snappy they are. I don't... I tried the 16-inch and it was great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I've never really hated the current keyboards. I I haven't had one fail me completely, but... Mm -hmm clearly yeah the other ones are better though they are exactly like these are way too clicky i mean they're like really annoyingly clicky and they just they have like more they have weirder travel and yeah they can just miss it's like really annoying so uh all that to say my so that that's what my i use for my workhorse i use basically everything on there and i keep one i keep my old uh, like my previous year Lightroom catalog on hand and my current year Lightroom catalog on the computer. All the other ones are offloaded to my main backup drive. So cool. yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've really, really, really loved is, you know, obviously you need the budget for it, but if you can have a desktop and laptop, it's key. running yeah. together. Uh, the target disc mode feature of, of Mac of Mac OS uh, mm-hmm. I've just, absolutely been thrilled with and it's only it's gotten incredible. better over yeah. time it's much more uh, reliable it used to take maybe a couple times of unplugging plugging back in for it to properly mount but you know when i'm at home uh if i don't want to be relaxing on the couch or something like that and and i'm working at my desk i can just boot my laptop into target disk mode plug that thing into my uh, imac pro and my previous you know laptop uh, can now be used as a full-on uh, external hard drive so yeah, i can so access cool. everything my lightroom catalog all that it's through. such a great feature it is it doesn't get talked about as much i, I think it's mostly used sort of in the it world for batching uh, like imaging machines quickly so that yeah. you can copy the same set of software or whatever all the data from from you know a master server computer to a bunch of other laptops and, and who knows? I don't know why Apple doesn't tout it more as a, a really great feature. Uh, it seems like they're going more in the direction of the iPad sort of being the bridgeway between mm-hmm. a desktop and a laptop, which makes sense. But I, I'm not going to lie. I have only ever started to work the iPad in, in a professional sense to my workflow recently and only through uh, the Mac OS feature called sidecar, which lets you yep. use the iPad as an extended display with some slightly additional features. Like you can use the Apple pencil and control Mac OS operating as your extended desktop with the Apple pencil, uh, which is kind of neat. And you can do like a bunch of other little really things, cool. but pretty much anytime I'm at my desktop, I have my, I, my MacBook pro mounted through target disc mode as an external hard drive on my iMac pro, which also has an extended display to an iPad that sits really, really close right in front of me, right next to my keyboard. That is just a, beautiful setup <laughs> and all in that probably costs around 
six, almost seven, ten grams. Eight. Oh well, with the other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah the, probably with ten. the spec of my iMac Pro, the iMac Pro is very expensive. Yeah. And I looked at the Mac Pro, the new one that came out, and it's it was very tempting. But honestly, the uh, the elegance of having the floating all in one iMac Pro yeah, with the screen it's key. is just I it's can't. Key. I can't bring myself to buy something that sits on the floor and then have a, as nice as the, the Apple $6,000 display is, I can't bring myself to have that extra cable, mm-hmm. the added expense, uh, or any of that stuff. Like I just, I can't. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going I, to stick with the iMac pro for, for as long as I possibly can. I, ever since, you know, it, it's funny thinking about the iMac, it's really funny to to remember my like first Mac computer was my mom had always bought like these big PC gateway computers. And then all of a sudden one year I was like 12 or something. She bought a Mac and it was one, it was just a monitor. It was the weirdest thing ever. It was like sitting there. There was no tower. And I'm like, Whoa, this is weird. And to this day, I think it's just such an incredible design decision that you put the entire computer inside the monitor yeah, and absolutely. put it all together. And every single time I see an iMac, I want it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I've never bought one. And uh, I think I'm getting closer it, to the point the, the where I want is one. It, it really does lock you into that configuration. Yeah. There's not, not much you can do to play around. Right. And but if you, that's great for photographers. It's such an easy setup. You, you gotta have a, a snappy workflow as a photographer, especially high volume, that really, it really does the trick. And I, I definitely envy your setup at one, at one time, one, one point I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I had this, I had this wild idea. Everybody listening to the podcast from years ago will, will know that I had this wild idea to make my awesome gaming computer. That's just ridiculous right, power PC to in, a Hackintosh. into a Hackintosh. <laughs> and it just completely did not work at all. Uh, <laughs> I worked on it for months and it was, uh, unfortunately, it was it was just a little bit past my understanding. That's part of the stress I remember in the days of Windows, where even if you did put in the legwork and get things running, mm-hmm. it was often through uh, you know weeks and weeks of trial and error, waiting and seeing, waiting for something to crash, optimizing for it, fixing it, blah, blah, blah. And so even if you did get a, f- a few weeks of of payoff of just everything's running yep. great everything's humming along and then an update the comes your, along and bam. eventually it will break again and and throughout that entire duration you're stressed about yeah what's going to happen what's going to go wrong the, you have a sense of this like anxiety of mm-hmm. oh, i'm waiting for it even if it doesn't happen you you are just waiting oh, yeah. waiting for something to fail and eventually it does Mm-hmm. But like I hate that with with Apple's ecosystem generally now it has been getting I would say notably more in that realm in terms of anxiety yeah. and updates mm-hmm. breaking old things and stuff. But it, overall, it has been far 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 less than I ever yeah. uh, experienced it, you know, and, from the Windows. Yeah, and c- coming from a person who has been a PC owner gamer you know PC person for my entire life really. Other than that brief stint where my mom got an iMac randomly in like 1992, no, that um, must have been. So was that they, they didn't call that an iMac? I think that's no. Just, you're talking about the it, multicolored one with the like slightly yes. translucent. Yeah, so I think that I was think, just the Mac. The Mac. I think it was the Mac. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, and I was like, the Mac, I hate that name. And then I played TIE Fighter on it, and I was like, oh, I like this computer. Um, <laughs> so There were a lot of Star Wars games on Apple. I remember my original Mac had Rebel Assault. Oh, I love Rebel Assault. Awesome. That's an old uh, one. It ran really poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it's such yeah. a weird game. Anyway, yeah. take it from a person who is a PC person, but when I got my 2011 MacBook Pro at basically the encouraging of my then new girlfriend now wife abby she was like you gotta get a mac what are you doing and i was like (laughs) i was like i'm i'm a pc get off my back and i got and i was like oh man this is so great especially for especially because i was a brand new photographer at that time it was so awesome to have just something really, really simple, and it just worked. I love that. I love that Mac stuff just kind of works in general. Well, and, it used uh, to. Yeah. Well, it, it still used to. works. Now but it doesn't just work anymore. It's, it's wild. It's a wild yeah. world out there since Steve Jobs kicked the bucket. But um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so I just went through and fully configured an iMac Pro, like fully spec'd, hundred yeah. percent. You get a two point three gigahertz, eighteen core, eighteen, eighteen core Intel uh, Xeon W processor. Hold I don't on. even know. Let me what guess. Those I'm gonna guess. Let me, let me go through this. Two hundred fifty-six okay. gigabyte DDR4 RAM. Two hundred and fifty-six uh, yeah. gigabytes of RAM. Radeon, Radeon Pro Vega sixty-four X sixteen gigabytes. Uh, you know graphics. Four terabyte SSD storage. What do you think this thing costs? With the RAM alone, it's a few grand. Uh, let's call it. Let's call it fourteen. Yeah, man, fourteen thousand two hundred ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> great job. Bum, you know the bum, Mac Pro will let you configure up to a terabyte of RAM. What? Yeah, that was one one of the the ringers I remember hearing That's in the absurd. in the rundown of people's specs. Like, oh yeah, you can get a terabyte of RAM. Like, oh my gosh, we finally we did it. We did We're it. There. We did it, guys. We oh, did a oh, terabyte. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's one point five terabytes of RAM. And guess how much just that add on costs? <laughs> You're not gonna get close. Three thousand bucks. Twenty five thousand dollars. What? <laughs> <laughs> Three thousand, three thousand, three thousand gets you a hundred and ninety-two gigabytes. Okay, that's three thousand. One point five terabytes of RAM is twenty-five thousand dollars. Wait, wait, hold on. What what application could possibly need that? Are you building a supercomputer? You're trying to you're trying to beat AlphaGo. You're trying to do. You're trying to beat Blue Ocean. Probably meant more for uh, academics and just high end. You know, the highest of end. and those YouTubers studios. that just buy the craziest thing yeah. and then review it. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, YouTubers have purchased a fully spec version, which is $53,399. Good God. Uh, I mean, but that's just for publicity. It wouldn't shock me if they actually bought it and returned it, too. I wonder oh, what yeah. Apple's return policy is. Like, uh, there must yeah. be a tipping point where they're like, um, we don't, we're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. I don't think we're going to take this $53,000 purchase back. But, you know, if any company does exist that would be able to uh, budget for that, it would be Apple. You know, Gosh, what yeah, is their and if they didn't, policy? Yeah, if they didn't... Hi, guys. Um, yeah, we were just, you know, we ran some tests on this thing, and, you know, it's just not for us. Uh, yeah. Could we just return this thing? Oh my gosh! With the fully specced, like the nanotexture glass, 
um, the uh, Pro Display XDR, $60,000, basically. So, uh, you know what? Sixty grand. Like we've even gone through this before, but uh, when, when it initially launched. And I just want to say, at the end of the day, I, I feel absolutely no FOMO, nothing. Like, I feel like the, the iMac Pro is more than good enough uh, for professional photography work, yeah. even video work. I do a ton of video work. Ooh, mm-hmm. I see a helicopter flying around. I wonder if protests are starting to ramp up somewhere uh, down here. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's great. So uh, circling back, now that we've kind of outlined all of our hardware, uh, I'm just curious, as this helicopter jumped in my head, have you been stuck via the protests, like like unexpectedly? Oh, no, I, I I actually have not. No, I haven't been stuck in any of the protests that I went to, but I've only been to like three. So okay, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. There's apparently a big one on Saturday. That that's that's kind of the one that I've. Been, I was planning on going last night, but then oh my god, we almost bought a house last night, and um, then we didn't. So um, oh we'll yeah, have to follow up on that note. Yeah, but uh, uh, we yeah. So I'm gonna go on Saturday. There's a big one apparently happening on Saturday in Baltimore. So. I'm excited to get to that. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. That's that's great. Um, I actually today have coming the seventy to two hundred RF mount. Oh, nice! I, I bought it. Yeah, so we I'm thinking I'll, I'll hop yeah out we were we were at this protest a... the other day and um, we saw this dude with an EOSR and one of those tw- seventy to two hundreds on there and it was it's so cute. It's like this little this is little guy and yeah, um, it's a small lens, but it does have an expand. It does change it its size oh, okay, as gosh. you zoom. It's a cool lens but for though. packing. For packing, just straight up like you're not using it. Yeah, I love lenses that tiny. get more compact for for portability when you're not actively shooting. I think that's the perfect trade-off. That's the perfect way to to design a lens. The yeah. other thing I wish Canon would somehow make possible is the ability to they they on some of these lenses they add the lock button so that it doesn't creep on the zoom yeah like unintentionally mm-hmm. like you can lock it in a place but you can only lock it totally closed and how yeah. amazing oh, how incredible dude. would it be if you could set it to any any focal length and lock it to that yeah or at the very I least i mean that. we've talked we talked about this once before where i was like we, we were both looking at the 28 to 70 uh, f2 and just marveling at how like awesome this lens was just realizing you can only lock it at 28 dude imagine if you could lock it at 28 at 35 at 50 and then it's yes. uh, yeah. maybe at 40 or something and then 70 i mean come on like that would be a yeah. killer lens then you could just lock it at 50 call it a day lock it oh and then yeah, and then absolutely. You, i would think videographers yeah. would appreciate that more as well totally having a fixed focal length that doesn't you know you, you don't have to pay attention to Dude, whether totally. this is creeping on you or not so i would love to see a mark ii of that lens with that feature on it come on yes yeah. that's all they would need uh, to change other or, or you know maybe make it 24 that's all i'm saying something uh, like that well 24 f2.0 I, I think it just physically wasn't able to be done mm-hmm. yeah probably or they would have I agree. I would have preferred a 24 to 70, but uh, I mean, that, they did fine. launch a 24 to 70 and it's a 2.8 aperture. Yeah. So I think that's the reality of the physics. Um, anyway, I'm excited. I'm going to maybe in our next podcast, I can talk a bit about the 70 to 200 if I get some, some good variety yeah. of images. I have, uh, uh, let's see, my next wedding is actually, I just booked a wedding for next weekend. And then, nice. uh, so that's next Friday, June 12th. And I have another wedding on the 14th. Both wow. very very small kind of COVID era weddings. Yeah. Very few people attending, but they're they're wedding days. So I'm excited to you know get out there and shoot 
When, do you have anything on your on your radar? I know you do so much event work. Oh, yeah. that, have you seen any recovery of that at all no, yet? None. Nothing. I have not yeah. done any events other than working with uh, this like set of artists that are doing like murals, murals and like things urbans, like that. Yeah, like building um, side murals. That's those, those people who I was working with before are still working. So that, that's been kind of cool to document some of their stuff in um, for Northern Virginia. It's fascinating. I would love to know what, I mean, this seems like all the, the protests and everything that's occurring right now, so many organizations must be clamoring for events, like news events. Yeah, to, but to you get know, the word out and they can't happen. So I, I'm wondering, this could permanently change the I face think it of could. press I think conferences. Acceler- I think this entire COVID situation is going to accelerate the direction we were already headed in terms of things being kind of ported to the digital sphere of course working from home and zoom meetings and all that was the obvious thing but i think you're right i think uh events as a whole industry could be sort of pushed down this path a lot faster yes. than they ever ever otherwise would have been and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see what that means i fear for the survivability the viability of being a photographer I, I think videographers, I can still see them having oh, yeah. a really great need. <laughs> um, but like, the, if you're just having like a digital event around your organization, uh, trying to make a, a newsworthy statement, like video is key. I don't know what you do with the photos. Yeah, I, really I don't, don't either. Other than having them posted online like or maybe just ha- using yeah. them for Instagram. I think if you could if you could really establish yourself as a photojournalist that can really nail some amazing moments, you could have something going on for sure. Um, if yeah. you can establish yourself as a as a street photographer, you could potentially get hired by activist organizations to grab some stuff. But it is going to be really weird to be an event photographer after this thing's over. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even care at this point. I'm really more excited about kind of grabbing small weddings and i had two yeah. engagements this week i've got another one next week nice um and uh, I, don't, I don't have a wedding until june 26th but that's also going to be a really nice wedding the wedding i have on fridays in oklahoma and the wedding i have on sundays in downtown dc it's <laughs> like oh no say, i don't want to go to a wedding. it's on a sunday oh okay. but yeah, it's on a Sunday. Saturday, no, 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 no. I don't think anybody should be trying to get married in downtown D.C. on Saturday, no. this Saturday. Um, I'm still, so it's in Georgetown, so it's sort of well removed from, I think, where most of the action will occur on Saturday or over the weekend yeah. in terms of protesting. Georgetown is sort of its own little bubble. It's removed from public transit. And, you yeah. know, I wonder if that was, if, if literal protests were the reason George people that lived in Georgetown sort of had the city planning buffer it in that way. Amazing. Like they, they've All seen those, other protests yeah. in DC and they were like, you know what? We're going to not have public transit here. Not just because of the, it sounds like uh, a very, not because we're worried about a slow erosion of crime, but we're worried, you know, with public transport, that's always a hot debate in politics of like, oh, it's going to bring in all this crime from the inner city. I wonder how much so of it is actually people not worried right about that, but, but have seen protests in DC specifically. And people living in Georgetown saying, "We, don't, you know, if 
if and when protests occur again, like they are now, right. and they will again, you know, decades mm-hmm. down the line, uh, we don't want them to loot and riot in Georgetown. <laughs> and they would if they had access via public transit, I bet. So that's, I don't know. I'm yeah, that's, that's crazy. I know that Baltimore, there was, there was some really intense uh, stuff going around in Baltimore a year or two ago when... Mm. They were talking about expanding one of the bus lines to go to this kind of like whiter called, area. Yeah, it was More. called the Red Line, I believe. There, there was an actual like metro proposal yeah. to, to add a, a new public transit metro line. Yeah, and, and the uh, the yeah. residents fought it so hard that I think it got shot down or whatever. And huh. you you look at that. I mean, look at that from the lens of the protests that we're seeing here, and you can see this is a racial issue. And it is kind of crazy that we're still having these debates of like, we don't want these poor people coming to our, you know, potentially being on our public, our public transit line. And you start Mm -hmm. realizing that that kind of thinking is just absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. What is going on in our society where we feel like we can just completely block a whole group of people from getting where they need to be. And and that was that was the reason was they were they were trying to put this line together so that people from a poor community could come over here and get jobs. Yeah, the the people in the community, largely white, largely uh, you know, affluent, shot it down. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, uh, that's probably a good place to wrap it up for now. Yep. Uh, it was a really great, great talk. Hope everybody's yep. doing okay out there. Staying safe. Stay safe. Uh, let us know in the comments if you have any, anything to add, constructive yeah. and yep. uh, thoughtful, <laughs> uh, especially about your your workflow and computing setup. That's more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what we were supposed to be talking. <laughs> yeah, but you know, maybe we'll come back to that on any, the software side of things at a later yeah. episode. All right. Well, uh, take to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Peace.